0: The Low Post is presented by Amazon Music. Did you know you could be listening to this episode of The Low Post ad-free on Amazon Music?
1: And now, The Low
0: Post. Welcome to The Low Post Podcast live from an undisclosed location in beautiful Denver, Colorado, where the NBA Finals kick off in, I don't know, 30 hours, something like that, between the Denver Nuggets and... In the Miami Heat, we're going to do a two-part preview, focusing first on the Nuggets offense, which has blown the doors off everybody in the playoffs, number one in the postseason, by 3.5 points per 100 possessions. Nobody has had an answer, really, ever for Nikola Jokic, who is in peak form. Tim McMahon, how are you?
1: Howdy, partner. Looking forward to seeing you there in the Rocky Mountains.
0: Altitude. You've been training in your hyperbaric chamber. I know you got. I know you got one at the McMahon household. But do you Listen, LeBron spends a million a year on his bodies. Do you spend? Do you spend? I two hundred thousand. Like, do you go twenty percent of LeBron's budget?
1: <laughs> Trust me, I do not have twenty percent of LeBron's budget available. I can assure you uh, of that. The way that I deal with the altitude is avoiding exercise. So that, that's my advice. You know, although I actually, there's apparently, hey, there is. I am going to participate in a media pickup game. I played pickup for the first time in four years. They dragged me out during the West finals. This was in LA though. Um, So now I guess I am going to risk it in the altitude of Denver. Uh, I've packed my icy hot, my heating pad, my my Advil, massage gun. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the altitude though. Probably by not running the floor very hard. I didn't know about this.
0: First of all, a 4-year layoff and then going right to altitude feels like a recipe for a snapped Achilles, <laughs> man. I'm just I'm just hey, I'm on high I'm on high I'm just saying say like that that, that doesn't that doesn't feel good to me. Okay. Um the finals, the number 1 seed Nuggets home court, they had to wait until the wire to get home court uh, with Miami Boston going from 3-0 to 3-3 and then 4-3 Miami. Um I see a lot of think pieces already about people seem to be preemptively angry about two things that are supposedly in the media discourse that I actually don't think are in the media discourse. I think people are angry at narratives that don't exist. So they're like creating those narratives to then be angry about them. The first one is, has Denver had an easy road to the finals? I don't want to hear any of this. There's no easy road to the finals. Vegas picked the Suns to beat the Nuggets in the second round. I picked the Suns, dumbass me, to beat the Nuggets in the second round. We're just like a month removed from 9 million TV segments about are the Lakers a sleeping giant? Could this be the When they were the
1: 12 seed, we had an entire NBA Today panel pick the 12 seed Lakers. Should they see the... Top seeded. Well, oh, I forgot about that. That's when they
0: called. They they called me on my off day from NBA team. Was like, can you be on the show and be the voice of reason? And I was like, I'm not coming on for that. Good luck to, <laughs> to y'all. So I don't want. To, there is no such thing as an easy road to the finals, as evidenced by the number eight seed Miami Heat beating the Bucks and the Celtics among other teams, including the Knicks, mm-hmm. to reach the finals. This now in four years with Jimmy Butler, Tim McMahon, two finals appearances, one. Just missed finals appearance on a buzzer shot against Boston, and then one first round shellacking at the hands of the Bucks. That is quite a four year run. They have won everything except the main thing, and they get another chance now to run the main thing, uh, to win the main thing rather. And uh, hell of a run for the Heat. Here we are. What are your so so? Let's start Denver offense against Miami defense. Miami's been a better defensive team than Denver all year. They're close in the playoffs. But the single strongest unit, so to speak, in this series is the Denver Nuggets offense centered around an unstoppable two-time MVP who literally has no weaknesses in his offensive game. None. Zero. Not one weak spot you can pick at. A pick and roll partnership with Jamal Murray that is just out of this world, good and beautiful to watch. Shooting and cutting all around them. What answers do you think Miami has or what's the first possession of the game? What are you looking at?
1: I'll be honest with you. I picked Nuggets and six in this series, and it's simply because I don't think the Heat will be able to score enough points to keep up with the best offensive machine in the NBA. And Look, I'm not going to try to convince Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster those guys. I have a ton of respect, but you, know, you put it just how it is. The Nuggets have been by far the best offense in basketball, and I don't think there are answers to it. Uh, look, Bam Adebayo. Is on the short list of the best centers in the NBA. Every time he's played Joker, uh, Joker's gotten the best of him, and it's it's really not close. He's ten and two against him uh, lifetime. You know he puts up really really good numbers, but kind of average numbers by his standards. Um, and this guy is like he's in the midst of this incredible thirty point triple double efficient run to the finals and. You know, you you said it. They've got they've surrounded him with shooting and cutting and movement and guys who know just how to play off him. Obviously, starting with Jamal Murray and the two man game and how you're going to play it. Well, you don't know which one of those if they're running pick and roll. Who's the ball handler? Who's who's the screener? They could they they're equally comfortable either way. You know, the dribble handoff game, whatever. Like they can post up Murray. Obviously, Joker can post up. But then the other three guys on the floor, and really they're down to a six-plus man rotation. So I'm assuming the other three guys on the floor will will come out of Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., KCP, which stands for Keep Championship Players, and uh, Bruce Brown. They all can shoot, right? Gordon the weakest, but you know what? What happened in Game 4 in the West Finals? Okay, we're going to see if Aaron Gordon can hit threes. Oh, yeah, he He can. And then they all are really good cutters, and it's one thing to be a spot up shooter. It's another thing to be able to really move and understand. Hey, if if I if I move here, Joker will anticipate that he'll see. And I think he a lot of times he's telling them, you know, little eye movements. Hey, go over there; you'll get the rock. You get a wide open shot, and they're all good at that, especially Porter. So let's
0: start with the fundamentals. Who's guarding Jokic? in the past Miami has toyed and I mean toyed in very small doses of possessions back in the day PJ Tucker would get a shot at him so bam didn't have to do it justice Winslow got some cracks at him so bam didn't remember justice Winslow used to play for the heat he was the guy who everyone tried to trade 9,000 draft picks to get Miami said no he's the guy he's gone
1: um but they've defaulted to Bam. Hey, they did they did get Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala for him and went to the finals. so <laughs> well,
0: you mentioned by went the way
1: to they the... could they could use a guy like Jay Crowder right now. They, I, yeah. to get to yeah. your point. Like I don't think well, I hear he didn't want to Well, a but you mentioned you mentioned
0: they made the finals and I just want to go back to the heats, two finals in four years, one mm-hmm. shot away from three finals in four years. I think by default, you have to anoint Milwaukee as the most successful Eastern Conference team of the post-Warriors era because they won a title. But we just – it keeps supposedly being somebody else's time. Like it's the Bucks' mm-hmm. time. They win the title. They're going to rule for the rest of Giannis' prime. And the Heat are like, that's not your time. Okay, it's the Celtics' time. Celtics make the finals last year. They've now faced the Heat three times in the playoffs. And the Heat are like, no, not your time. Not your time. Your time will wait for another – Another day, if ever, it's still our time. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, surely, sometime, it must be the Philadelphia 76ers time. The cast of players around Joel Embiid changes. The coaches change. The GM changes. Not your time to even get out of the second round. And they laughed their asses out of the playoffs. Two se- last season. Two se- yeah. whatever you want to say. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two. Okay. Um. So the Nugget or the the Heat have mostly defaulted to Bam on Jokic. Yeah.
1: I just don't see – I mean, you they can switch stuff, but like as the primary defender, I don't think anybody else is, is qualified to even give it a crack. And again, Joker has, has – frankly, I, I'm kind of – I don't want to anger Bam because he's a big, strong feller. Uh, so I'll say he's gotten the best of him, and not that he's kicked his butt, um, but he's gotten the best of him on a consistent basis. And like you would love it if you had a P.J. Tucker – who could just scrap and bang and and then let Bam kind of, you know, play a more of a free safety type of thing like the Lakers tried to do with Anthony Davis some, but I just don't see that realistic option.
0: So, so to your point, Jokic has had zero issues with Bam, and you everyone knows I love Bam. I am a Bam true yeah. believer. He he's too big, he's too strong. He gets to his spots too easily, and his spot is pretty much anywhere. But when he gets within just, twelve, yes. when he gets within twelve feet of the rim, it's money in the bank, and he's just been able to bully Bam, which is not something a lot of guys can do.
1: And 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 Bam, as great as he is, is, is six foot nine, and Joker's just able to shoot right over, right over with that high arc and s- soft touch.
0: I've had uh, a number of coaches from around the league who I like to talk to about these things mention an idea that Kevin Pelton had, which. If you start Kevin Love again, would you try Kevin Love on Jokic so Bam can be the rover guy like Anthony yeah. Davis and guard Aaron Gordon? And so here are my issues with that. Love has no shot against Jokic either. He's too—he's too, he's right. too he's just too, too small. He's too small. Um, Bam is not like a, an Anthony Davis style long armed rim protector, shot mm-hmm. blocker who's going to scare you as a rover. That's what makes not what makes Bam Bam. He averages less than a block. A game the other thing is the Nuggets are really smart about recalibrating their offense depending on who is where and who's guarding whom if Jokic has a guy he can beat up in the post all right we're just gonna throw it to him a lot if Jokic is somehow facing a guy who like can hold his own to some degree in the post but maybe isn't a good pick and roll defender all right let's cue up like 20 straight Murray Jokic pick and rolls and that's exactly what they'll do if Kevin Love is on Jokic
1: yeah, maybe twelve of those Murray's hand on the ball, and the other eight Jokers hand on the ball. That, like, he puts big guys in pick and rolls defending the ball handler. You don't have any other centers who so, are doing that.
0: No, and we're, and actually, this is like the inverted pick and roll Super Bowl with Jokic and Bam as yeah. the as the centers who can do this. And it, people sort of it, um, they don't la- they smile at the Jokic pick and rolls as like as this court sort of novelty that Denver might use two or three times in a game and, and they don't use it much, but it is a really good way to Denver. We don't think of as a mismatch hunting team, right? That's not kind of their DNA. Jokic is a walking mismatch. Anyway, they don't need to hunt anything, but they can do it. They do do it. I think Murray and, and Jokic are both going to do it in doses in this series. And that's one way like he can get anyone anywhere, Tyler Hero, if he plays, is. Anywhere Duncan Robinson is, anywhere Max Struess is, he, whoever he's guarding, that guy can come screen for the best offensive player on planet Earth, and he can run a pick-and-roll mm-hmm. with him. The other thing on Love, it's an, it's an interesting idea. Caleb Martin has been so good that he just is going to have to play 40 minutes a game, and you can't play 40 minutes right. a game if you're coming off the bench, and you can't play – if you play Butler, Martin, Love, and Bam and go super big, that's overthinking it. I just – I don't know who they're going to start. I just – you just have to play your best guys. And I don't think Love is is worth yeah. all this rigmarole of let's rejigger the matchups and do this. So I think it's going to have to be Bam. And that's a problem because if you send double teams at Jokic, you damn know what's going to happen. He's going to slice you apart. And you want to say, well, Bam is the most switchable big man in the league. Maybe we can at least switch – The Murray-Jokic pick and roll? Okay. Who does that leave on Jokic? You're dead. None of those dudes Mm -hmm. can switch on Jokic. And if you think Jimmy Butler can do it, I will tell you this. The Heat have tried it. They have put Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, which is a matchup I think we will see in this series at times, maybe lots of times, just because he's awesome and guarding Jamal Murray with an awesome player is good. Jimmy Butler is as ferocious and tough as they come. Loves the challenge. Nikola Jokic has overwhelmed him so badly When on on the few chances he's gotten, and it, that it's it's not a fair fight. And if you use Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, he's actually the best rover on the Heat team, which is why they've often used him on Aaron Gordon and said you're going to be the guy who's in the passing lanes who's swiping at the ball. This series begins with me, for me, with the fact that I just don't know what the answer is with Jokic, and I don't even right. think they have like a a Rui. On Jokic, AD roving kind of answer, like I, I just don't know what it is. And you can rattle off Which, by the, the stats. way,
1: that obviously wasn't a great answer. In, in no, it got them no, no
0: wins, and it was what. Congrats to the Lakers for a competitive sweep. Maybe we'll send you guys a bronze broom to commemorate your competitive sweep, and Jeannie can put it in her office next to all the replica NBA trophies. Nice little brown broom. 2023. Almost got a win. (laughs) Almost got a win. And it can go, you know what it can go right? The Boston can get its shot quality trophy, a bronze net with a ball going through it. Congratulations, you lost to the eighth seed. But Second Spectrum said you had the superior (laughs) shot quality. It would
1: actually be a bronze net with a ball clanking off the rim, I, I think would be more appropriate. Great look, just didn't go in. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell but, was I talking about? Oh, it's a yo, we're talking and, matchups? And, and, you you, were and, talking and you about know Jimmy.
0: You, well, you yeah. know well, let's 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 stop that for a second. You know mm-hmm. damn well, and you can get into why. Miami's go-to where out of answers answer is zone. Yeah. And this team is just an absolute nightmare to play zone against, and I will let you take it away.
1: Well, yeah, I mean Joker is going to it's gonna be you're gonna to have to be awfully smart and awfully deceptive to outthink Joker. And then, you know, we've already talked about all the shooting and and cutting that they have around them, how they handle Jimmy, uh, as far as his defensive assignments going to be interesting for the reasons that you mentioned, but also just from a, a, a pure, like how much can you ask of one guy standpoint? And, you know, our, our, buddy Ohm's got a story uh, that that uh, published today about the altitude in Denver, which scoff all you want. It's a thing. It's real and I'm afraid
0: know. to go to the gym in the hotel, Tim. I'm <laughs> the gym is on my floor and I'm like, should I go? Should I just do like the old man walk like little walk on the treadmill? like I'm af- I'm afraid to tempt the altitude. I just got here two hours ago.
1: Well, I, I promise you this, Jimmy's not afraid, but that doesn't mean that it's not a real factor. And so if you're asking him to play 40 some odd minutes, all right, and and be the guy who makes everything go for you on the offensive end. I don't think you can ask him to guard Jamal Murray for forty some minutes. I think you're going to have to be uh, awfully selective there. Um, but I, again, I like I have a ton of respect for the Heat. Obviously, Spolstra is a historically elite. Like he's a no brainer Hall of Fame coach. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he can't come up with something. <laughs> but you gotta be a hell of a lot smarter than I am to come up with right, something. Yeah, I, I, don't, nuggets I don't know what now.
0: it is. I, I don't know what it is. Um it's not zone. Maybe you know, look, look, all it takes is this is the great thing about the playoffs, and really one of the reasons the Heat are here is they teams like the Heat, most teams, but especially the Heat, they don't look at the playoffs like you and I look at the playoffs. They don't look at it as like we're an eighth seed facing Milwaukee. They look yeah. at it as this, these are just 48-minute basketball games, just mm-hmm. like we play 82 times a year. We just got to win one of those games, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, if if they have a bad five minutes of shooting or we have a hot five minutes of shooting, suddenly we're just nursing a lead the rest of the game, and you just got to do that four times over and over again. So if the Nuggets go cold from three a couple of games, maybe the zone works, but here are the numbers. The Nuggets this season, 1.2 points per possession, against zones that was second in the league to Cleveland. Somehow Cleveland had the best offense against zones mm-hmm. in the entire NBA. That's according to Second Spectrum. And 1.2 uh, is basically the equivalent of the best offense in the NBA. Um, it's it it's with,
1: basically what the Nuggets are averaging during the playoffs, period.
0: And and with <laughs> Jokic, if you just zero in on the zone possessions when Jokic is on the floor, it's closer to 1.3. So maybe a zone can work against Denver. It just hasn't
1: maybe, really I think. I think maybe you can catch them off guard, a possession here, a possession there. I don't think you can give them a steady diet of zone and, and not believe that the joker's going to just pick it apart. You mentioned a Hall
0: of Fame sidebar debate I was having in Boston with some people at the game. Jimmy Butler retires after – say they don't win this series, so he retires after this series without a championship. In theory, he just decides I'm going to be the CEO of Big Face Coffee. We didn't win the finals. I'm done. <laughs> Jimmy Butler a Hall of Famer?
1: I would say yes. I know it's to tit the stats would say no, um, but I think that uh, – I think he's put together a Hall of Fame caliber career. I think when you when you watch this guy – Perform in the playoffs, especially during this heat chapter uh, of his career. uh, Your eyeballs tell you that's a Hall of Fame type of player. You know, he he sits out a lot of games during the regular season. He's not going to end up with Hall of Fame. You know, stats scream Hall of Famer. I'm looking up. He's got less than fourteen thousand. Uh, career points. I'm I'm trying to find the basketball reference. He's like
0: like lesser Kawhi. Like Kawhi's got the titles and the finals MVPs. He'll never have the regular season stats. Um, Jimmy doesn't have the titles and the finals MVPs. He has some iconic playoff seasons and playoff performances. He's a six-time All-Star, which is just about like the bar where you start to become – Likely, like there are some four and five time all-stars on the Hall of Fame, lots of six and seven time All-Stars. I erred on the side of yes, he's in the Hall of Fame, but that's that's just me. Um enough sidebar. Um Denver offense against Miami. Seventy three
1: percent Hall of Fame probability according to basketball reference. So it's a good just, debate then. That's and that's just statistically, you know, that's obviously a stats formula. I think seventy-three percent plus He's got, you know, he's got that Hall of Fame type of rep. I'd be surprised if he's not a Hall of Famer.
0: Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. Shame on you, by the way. But Macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement Mother's Day is May 12th. That's very soon. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for your mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash gift finder. A couple of other things to look for when the when the Nuggets have the ball, I mentioned switching pick and rolls and how that's kind of untenable. And that's the the, the thing about the Murray Jokic pick and roll is there's no great defense for it. I mean, it's what broke the Clippers in the like literally broke them in the bubble because you can't switch on either side of it really. Sometimes you can switch on to Murray and get away with it, but they can beat you from the mid range. They can beat you with floaters. Murray's shooting fifty two percent. From mid-range in the playoffs, Jokic has been over fifty-five percent from mid-range for three straight seasons. In that he can pick and pop you from three, and if you run like Bam can run him off the arc, he can pump and drive and goes. There's no great answer for it, but mostly and, and, he-
1: and then by the way, if you clog everything up, they'll get him the ball and he'll hit some crazy off balance. Can barely see the rim one leg or from twenty-five feet. <laughs> like, like this guy's also one of the great bailout shooters in the league. Mostly the heat have just
0: had bam drop back in a pretty conservative scheme. Try to contain Murray without losing touch with Jokic and just say, you guys are going to have to beat us with floaters. And Murray has been on one from everywhere the entire playoffs, Mm -hmm. but that, that may end up being their best answer. Um, one thing the heat have going for them defensively is they force a lot of turnovers and Denver was kind of a high turnover team in the regular season, but hasn't been so in the playoffs. Uh, so who knows what that means? Um, The Heat don't foul a lot on defense, but Denver's not a free-throw team. They were 23rd in free-throw, so they're not really relying on that. They do rely on getting to the rim. They get to the rim a lot, and the Heat do not let you get to the rim. They were one of the lowest rim teams in the league, but I think a lot of that was because of zone and because of Bam switching, neither of which may be tenable for them um, in this particular Matchup. Well,
1: and I, I also think when you when you say, well, this team gets to the rim a lot, typically you're thinking, okay, this team's got a a dynamic off-dribble creator. You know, this team's got uh John Morant flying downhill, or, you know, uh whatever the you know, LeBron or one of one of those guys who's just attacking you off the dribble. And I think a lot of the the nuggets all, you know, get to the rim stuff is uh, off the cuts that we talked about, you know, off the two man game with Murray and, and and Joker, like the dribble handoff stuff. And then uh, Joker just kind of slowly, you know, shifting his weight and bullying you and, you know, and getting there and putting a little soft touch uh, three footer uh, through the hoop. So I, I, I think they get to the rim a lot, but not in the ways that you that you traditionally think of it.
0: And needless to say, he's going to throw a lot of picks and pivots and fakes at you, and this goes for both teams. Starting centers in foul trouble is a no-go for either of these teams. It can't happen, yeah. and and it, it's problem. It's a problem uh, if it does. You mentioned the dribble handoffs, and like we all know, whoever you conceive of Miami's weakest defender at any given moment is going to be on KCP to start games, and. Mm. They're like, that's not a safe hiding place because Murray Mm -hmm. will just call him up for a guard guard pick and roll and say, if you switch, I'm going to do you like I did D'Angelo Russell in the last round. Um, Jokic can run dribble handoffs with KCP. He loves to fly up from that left corner and take a dribble handoff. And suddenly your weakest defender is navigating Nikola Jokic in open space, um, trying to contain KCP. And a guy, you know, we talk about Aaron Gordon like they're going to ignore him and let him shoot threes. You know, the the best thing Denver does with Aaron Gordon, and it took him a while in the Lakers series to find the rhythm of doing it, is if you're going to ignore him, we're going to use him as a screener for Jokic. Yeah. We're going to use him as a handoff guy for our shooters. And if you're not up on him, they're going to come off into open space. We're going to have him pass from the elbows and have cutters going all around him. And a thing I like is... I think he'll have opportunities in this series to post up. And it's not something you're going to go too much when you have Jokic and Murray on the floor. But cross matches, when the matchups are all screwy, semi transition, if they ever just try to hide a guard on him, he's really good at just like bulldozing those dudes in the paint. Like, I think they have a lot of weapons in the half court in this series. We didn't even talk about like MPJ is just going to be shooting over little guys the whole series. And Bruce Brown. His aggression as their de facto Mm -hmm. backup point guard has been a revelation. I mean, he's just like insatiably going to the rim and has turned those Jokic resting minutes into it's not a disaster, and sometimes the Nuggets actually win them.
1: Yeah, and and there's not many of them anymore. Like, this ain't the regular season where, oh, my gosh, how do you figure out the 16 minutes or 15 minutes of Jokic resting? It's going to be – these games are close. It'll be six minutes, maybe eight minutes but uh, yeah, Bruce Brown, look, Bruce Brown's going to get a lot of money this summer because uh, you knew he was kind of a, a guy who could fit in a in a unique way. You, he proved that with Brooklyn. It's like, well, how many teams does that fit? Well, this year he's proved, hey, he can he can be a really, really good guard. He can be a starting caliber guard or a closing caliber, however you want to put it, guard. I mean, he's on the floor most of the time when they're closing games. and And like you said, he's been able to Help them uh, survive those non-Joker minutes. And look, they they've spent a lot of time over the last few years searching for the, Oh my God, who who's our backup center? I mean, they gave DNP Andre a, uh, a a minimum contract, like three seconds into free agency, trying to to solve that problem. They I'm traded three second-round
0: picks for Thomas Bryant, and, and <laughs> he doesn't even play.
1: Yeah, and and neither of those guys uh, are are in the rotation now because what they figured out is you know what. Aaron Gordon's a pretty damn good backup five for a handful of minutes per game. And so that's that's the rotation that works for them. And like I said, it's really at this point a six-and-a-half-man rotation, you know, because Jeff Green's playing a little bit. They've kind of cut the cord on Christian Brown, although I think he's had I, I, a really nice rookie season. I don't think he gets. I think, I
0: think he gets. I think he gets. I just. I. I think he gets back in the rotation. I think game one, okay. game one and two he gets back in the rotation. I think. That's I mean, interesting. That, that's just what most teams do. They they like they start with the bigger rotation, mm-hmm. and if they get stressed, they cut it. And You're I really think he's good it. enough. I think he's good enough to get back in the rotation. Um, Jeff Green, by the way, my favorite part of every Nuggets game, other than ten things Jokic does, is one out of every two games. You're getting the, oh, my God, hammer. And half of them miss. And it's almost cooler when they miss because the ball, like, flies back beyond half court, and you're just astonished that he even tried it.
1: There has never been a 36-year-old role player with a more impressive highlight reel than Jeff Green.
0: Guys get out of the way now. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, Jeff Green's coming. 36-year-old Jeff Green's coming at me. I got to act like it's Prime Jordan coming down the lane.
1: He has put a lot of guys on posters this year. And, you know, it's not like this is Vince Carter who's kind of transitioned into role player late in his career after being half-man, half-amazing. Like, Jeff Green's been a role player for a long, long time. But, dude, he still has a lot of spring in those legs. And, like, give him credit for uh, clearly doing an unbelievable job of taking care of his body. To still be that springy and that athletic uh, at 36, and then you know this isn't about the Nuggets' offense, but I will say Jeff Green has been a an awesome influence in that Nuggets' locker room. I think a lot of the things that Michael Porter Jr. has proven this year in terms of uh, not just being a one-dimensional is he knocking down shots? If not, he can't help type of guy, but you know the, the the filling out the rest of his games, finding other ways to contribute. Being a mature uh, teammate, you know, a guy who, okay, you're closing with Bruce Brown. Hey, I'd rather be on the floor, but I'm not going to pout. I think you're seeing Jeff Green's influence with a lot of that as well.
0: He'll be one of the armada of guys that gets a shot at guarding Butler on defense, and he's made enough open threes this year to keep teams on his. Look, this has been a whole, like, the Nuggets are awesome episode mm-hmm. of the of mini episodes so far. Here's the thing about the Heat. They don't make mistakes. Like, you are going to have to earn it on every single possession against them. You, in, in a 48-minute heat playoff game, You if you go back and scour the tape, and I mean scour it, you might find four breakdowns where, like, there's a miscommunication, a missed assignment. They never screw up in transition, ever and the, the Nuggets just beat the Lakers essentially because of their transition offense and multiple Lakers just falling over every time By the they way, shot. with
1: 284-pound Joker ripping down rebounds and, and outrunning the Lakers. Uh, it, it, it,
0: And 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 that gets you a long way in the NBA when you have a, f- a few elite, elite defenders. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are elite defenders. And yeah, Bam's at a major disadvantage against Jokic. Everybody is. He's going to front... He's going to try to three-quarter him and he'll annoy him on some possessions. He'll deflect some entry passes, like bam will win a few battles here and there. Mm-hmm. And they just will not mess up their switches, their their defense on cuts, their transition defense. They'll be into the ball and the Nuggets have the the ability to earn it. They're going to – that's yeah. how good their offense is. But they're not going to walk into this game and these matchups against the Heat and just put up 125 points for 100 possessions. The Heat are going to fight like all hell to make everything hard for them. The Nuggets are good enough to make some of it easy, maybe not a lot of it, maybe not as much of it. Um, but how? What in the aggregate, what does that get you? Maybe Denver's offensive rating is not 120. I don't know if it's going to be 110. And if it's 115, 116, something like that, as, you're, as you open the podcast with, can the Heat put that up on offense, especially if they suffer any kind of regression at all from long Taylor range?
1: Martin better keep shooting 60%. I can tell you that. Uh, and look, I, I agree with you as far as obviously you have to have an immense amount of respect for the Heat for for their, their intellect, for their competitiveness, for their toughness, you know, all those things. There's no doubt about that. They will make it hard. But Nikola Jokic, more than anybody in the league right now, can make really difficult look ridiculously easy. The guy is the best passer in the NBA and maybe the best quote-unquote tough shot maker. I mean, he shot 63% from the floor, during the regular season, which is like, that's what you see guys who are just lob catchers shoot. And he did it on, on, you know, all over the floor, you know, taking contact off balance, those kind of shots. I I just get back to, I don't think there's an answer for the best offensive player in the NBA. I, I think, I
0: mean, look, I'd have to do a little more research before I would declare this to be like stone cold true. There's a very, there's a chance that he is both the best passer in the NBA. And I don't mean best passing big man. I just mean best yes. passer, just best passer, mm-hmm. and the best low post scorer in the NBA. And I, I know Embiid would have a case. The numbers say it's Jokic. Um, and it's just incredibly rare, It like to the point of it maybe never happening before, where you well, have and, the best and, passer and the best low post scorer. It's just the same guy.
1: And one of the best screeners, you know, and a guy who's. More than comfortable. I mean, shooting 40%, 47% from three uh, during the playoff. I mean, as you said, there's not a flaw in his game. I guess if there's a flaw in his offensive game, it's this. When you're running pick and roll, you're not going to throw a lob up at the top of the square and tell him to go get it. <laughs> but you don't need to because you can get him the ball anywhere during that roll. He'll find it. He'll make a play.
0: You know what's ironic about that? I think I've only seen him do it three times this year. But one of them was against the Lakers, and it might have been in Game Four. I'm not going to go back and, and look for it. I, I may have even put it in a Ten Things column. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. He does this thing, and like I said, I only saw it three times. But it probably may have happened six, seven times, where he'll be under the basket, and he and he's going to go set a screen, a high screen for Murray. But he's under the basket, and he's not on his way there yet. And he'll just and 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 his defender will have his back. Uh, to the to midcourt. So he'll be looking at Jokic under the basket. Jokic will be facing midcourt. And he'll just jump straight up in the air with his hands up and his eyes wide open like he's real excited about something. And I saw it in, in the middle of the season. And, and then he'll run up and set a screen. And I, I asked some Denver coaches, I was like, what the f*** is that? Is he trying... <laughs> is he trying to momentarily fool his defender into thinking a lob might be in the air when the defender has his back uh, turned to midcourt and is, is not looking at the ball. And, and because of that momentary pause, then Jokic can scurry up and he has an extra foot or two of space behind him because his defender has to turn around. And the universal response I got was, maybe – We don't know what the hell that guy's doing. He's just making (laughs) stuff up on the fly. He did it again against the Lakers. I'm like, God damn it, this guy discovered a fun new trick. And the irony is he's never catching a lob. It's not gonna happen. There is no alley oop coming to him.
1: No, he doesn't catch lobs, but they throw high arcing passes to him that he, you know, if he has position on you, you're not (laughs) you're not gonna recover from that. He's too big, too strong, too wide, too good with his leverage. I mean, he's got I called him the basketball love child of 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 Dirk and Nash but there's some zebo in his game just the the physicality the way that he knows how to to use his leverage. so they'll throw these high arcing passes to him and he's not it's not a lob cuz he's not jumping up to to catch it he's not leaving the floor but he's catching and he's finishing it nevertheless and again it's just like i mean it's as efficient as throwing a lob to the you know Clint Capellas or whatever rim runner you want to throw out there th- those guys I gotta find. I gotta see
0: if I wrote about it because I would really like this. I, I think
1: you did. I think I did. If you didn't write about it, you talked about it because I've, I've, I've he heard did it or, again and or read. He did it
0: again <laughs> against Lakers. I'm like this guy. And and and
1: and here's what I'll say. I I get that he's not, uh, what you think of as like a a flashy type of player, a highlight type of player, but like. If you're watching these finals, I guarantee you, you will enjoy watching Nikola Jokic play basketball. And honestly, I, I kind of don't understand why he's not considered a highlight machine because as a passer, he absolutely is. And then, like, are you kidding me? Like, some of these bailout shots that he hit, the, one where, the ones where LeBron it's literally just took re- his hat off and said, it's all you can do is tip your cap? Ridiculous. Like, if you don't enjoy that, then I strongly recommend... Finding another sport to follow.
0: Yeah, watch hockey. The Stanley Cup Finals are on now, right? Um, hockey's uh, cool. I, I like hockey. I, I heard
1: Dallas got bounced, but I couldn't name. I could name. I think I can name a couple of players.
0: Mike Madano didn't come through with a few goals in <laughs> uh, in game, game three.
1: I was I was talking to uh, some neighborhood dads, and they're all Stars fans. And I, I said something about like Tyler. It's, I forget if it's Seguin or Sagan. Seguin. Okay. Well, I said Sagan, and they all laughed. I say that message.
0: as if I know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm thinking about another hockey player. I shouldn't say I have any idea who this I, team I, is. I
1: think you're right, but I said I said something like, "Is he still is Is he still their guy?" And uh, I mispronounced his name. And I said, "Listen, I wouldn't watch hockey no matter what, but it's, it's during basketball season. What do you want from me?
0: You can't. You can't do it." Um. So so you picked the Nuggets in six. I'm also picking the Nuggets in six. And we, we both mentioned in a roundabout way how much res- respect we have for the mm-hmm. Heat and what they've done these four seasons and what they've done this playoff run. Nuggets in six is a respectful prediction yeah. because they have home court advantage. They have zero losses at home. The Heat mm-hmm. are coming out of a just a whale of a draining series against Boston on a short turnaround into game one here. And the Nuggets beat the Wolves in five the Suns with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and some injuries and a disappearing DeAndre Ayton in six, and the Lakers in four. So no one has taken them past six so far in the playoffs. And there was part of me that wanted to pick Nuggets in five, and if you pick Nuggets in four, I wouldn't really think it was a crazy prediction. But I just think the Heat – Are gonna scrounge? They're gonna scrounge something in this series. That's what they do. They're gonna scratch and claw and scrounge, and they're gonna look up and be like, "Oh, it's 101-100 heat with five seconds to go." They're gonna steal this win.
1: I I thought about Nuggets in five, and I'm like, you know what? There is no way that 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 would be disrespectful to maybe the most relentless competitor in the NBA and the best coach in the NBA. Like, I am not. And again, listen. I'm not going to sit here and try to convince Heat fans or certainly anybody on that roster organization that they can't win this series because I absolutely think they can. I just think it would be a a massive upset.
0: Be a big upset. All right, it's time to bring on Steve Jones Jr. to talk about the other side of the ball. And then after that, I've got to go walk on the treadmill, maybe a 19-minute mile (laughs) pace, a little brisk walk on the treadmill to get used to the altitude. Tim McMahon.
1: Hey, instead of the treadmill... Just, there's a lot of breweries. Find a brewery like a mile and a half away. Walk down there. Have a couple beers and walk back. It's a better you know,
0: way to You know, the problem is, I told you before we did the podcast, <laughs> one of my dad friends, now I have to say things like my dad friends, like he's not a normal friend. He's a dad friend, <laughs> um, sorry dad friend, um, who went? Who lived in Colorado, I think went to Boulder, told me, number one tip, day one in altitude, don't have a drink. And I'm like, well there's no game man screw that i'm gonna go out with some people on one of these teams i want to have a drink and he's like well
1: good luck to you and i'm like well that sucks i've given you my best conditioning advice and it's worth every penny tim mcmahon (laughs) uh on the hoop collective on howdy
0: partner on a million columns and game recaps i will see you in the beautiful city of denver maybe at a brewery who knows all right appreciate you brother adios amigos your team call 1-800-DIRECT-TV or visit directtv.com sign up today claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered All right, it's time to flip it around and go to the perhaps less explosive and heralded end of the floor. The Heat offense against the Denver defense, thought to be the Nuggets' greatest vulnerability all season and only vulnerability, has been pretty damn sturdy in the playoffs, facing a Heat offense that has gone kind of bananas after ranking 26th in points per possession or 25th or something like that in the regular season. And I'm very excited. First-time guest, my my go-to Twitter account for every playoff game because he's going to be super annoying with how many little X's and those things <laughs> I missed in real time. He's going to catch them all. Veteran of how many NBA teams? Two. Two. Um, co-host of the Dunkers. Are you a host or a co-host of the Dunker Spot? I don't know. Co-host of the Dunker Spot podcast with Nikias Duncan, and now part of the J.J. Reddick old man and the three podcasting families, J.J. continues his irritating attempt to take over the media world. Steve Jones Jr., how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Uh, I will send the check for the intro here soon, and I am the co-host.
0: Nikias made me sign that several times. Okay. Well, look, if people don't <laughs> follow Steve on Twitter, I think it's just Steve Jones Jr., all one word, right? That's your Twitter handle? Uh,
2: Steve Jones 20.
0: Steve Jones 20. I don't know. I mean, I follow it, but now I, I just type in Steve and it comes up. After every, <laughs> after every game, you will see a thread that begins with a tweet. You know what? Let's watch Heat Nuggets game one. And then it'll be 40 t- tweets of video <laughs> clips of, like, here's what the heat we're going for on this action. Slow it down. Watch this. Help defender. If you want to actually know what happened in the game, I hate to say this because I'm undermining my own utility in the media space. Just go to Steve's Twitter feed because he'll tell you what happened in the game. You don't need anything else. Steve, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Excited to be here. And I'm juiced up for this finals. I think this series is going to be way more fun than some folks may imagine. Well, okay. So
0: who's saying it's not going to be fun? Uh, Silly folk. Really? Is that yeah. a thing? I haven't. I don't. I haven't been paying. Are people down because it's not Boston, L.A.? Like, obviously, there's the whole ratings discourse, which I, I guess I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't really care that much about. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I care about it a little bit, but not that much. I don't. I certainly don't care about the like discourse about it. Um, but is there also like a basketball like this is boring argument to be made here? Because I don't think there's nothing boring about either of these teams. None that I – I, I step past the discourse, so I've just
2: seen it briefly, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm out. So I just think more people – people are sleeping on it, in my opinion. I don't think they understand how much fun this matchup could be.
0: Okay, so let's go to the part that I think is um, the more detailed and tougher problem-solving half of the court. Um, like, we know how Denver's offense is going to play, what they lean on. They're an elite offensive team. Miami has been wildly up and down all season subsisting in part on Jimmy Butler's brilliance in the playoffs and in part on incredible three-point shooting for every series but the Knicks series um, against the Denver defense that was average in the regular season but has been much better than that in the playoffs against a pretty good opposition actually though the Lakers were not a very good offensive team I just I'm just going to open the floor to, for you first possession first heat possession of the game against Denver's set defense forget transition chaos whatever first Dead ball, heat get the ball. What are your eyes going to be looking at? What matchups are you going to be looking at? What kind of movement stuff are you going to be looking at? What are you going to be watching for? The biggest thing is going
2: to be how does Denver defend? Um, And I wonder, my mind goes to, I think Miami, throw some movement out there, and then we get to Jimmy and Bam and pick and roll. Just to see what Denver's going to do. Just to see, because I anticipate Denver's going to be at a drop. Jokic is going to be dropped back. How much help is their weak side going to show? And uh, what is Jokic's reaction going to be? Just to get a taste. of Okay, what are they trying to do with us? Um, and I anticipate maybe some weak side movement, maybe an empty corner just to try and tweak it a little bit. But that's what I would see. I think that's going to be the most important part. I think Miami's going to have to try and find their pressure points, but they've got to know how Denver's going to cover them to start. That's going to be fun to watch.
0: So Jokic is definitely going to guard Bam. There's no real other place to put him in this series. The way they toyed with Jokic on Torrey Craig, Jokic on you know Vanderbilt, Jokic which which they just toyed with. They mostly put him on Anthony Davis and said we're gonna we're gonna roll you out against the best guy. Here, there's no one like that. And when the Celtics tried to put Robert Williams the third on Caleb Martin, it went very badly for Robert Williams the third. He's just too good for that. And whether he starts or not, he's going to play a ton of minutes at the four. Um, so and I agree with you I, I think part of denver's evolution on defense has been they have more and more selectively gone away from their really aggressive up at the level of the screen scheme and said hey if we can drop let's let's try that out and if we if we have to do the thing where we drop and we help which which you mentioned which is kind of rare because the whole point of dropping is to not help off of off of shooters but if there's a non-shooter we will help I even think we might see them go under some screens for Jimmy and sort of see how he reacts to that but I agree with you I think possession one quarter one I think they're going to open in a in a conservative defense and see how the heat attack it
2: no I I agree and I think for Denver just to speak on their side real quick the key to that help when they go drop is again to protect Jokic not that he can't do it, but hey, you just don't, You just, you just got to be right here. We're, we're going to show the help. Now, the difference is going to be very interesting to me. I don't know if the Denver Nuggets, while they've mixed in this drop and had success in the playoffs, I don't know if they face the team with the kind of spacing and weak side movement that Miami has, where Miami can get creative, going empty corner, putting shooters in different places. Um, also, the cuts from the weak side. Those are huge. Uh, I think for me, my mind goes to the Boston series. Boston, great early help team, very active. You saw possessions during the middle of that series where they were looking and checking their own man. And I was like, whoa, 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 (laughs) wait a minute. Denver's, no matter what scheme they run, Denver needs their help. They need their rotation. And for Miami, they're going to have to find ways to make them pay, which is why I think Bam out of bio is very, very, very important in this series. So,
0: so why do you, why do you think that? I mean obviously if they're going to play a lot of this conservative coverage or at least a good portion of it to win the to win four times Jimmy's just going to have to make a good amount of long twos and Bam is just going to have to make a good amount of those little short roll floaters that you get against that defense. But I don't think that's why you're saying Bam is such an important pivot point on offense. What do you mean by that? Well, one Uh, Miami in this whole journey last two, three years is about
2: finding that blend where we still have our movement, but we have Jimmy, we have Bam, we can get to drive and kick, we can do multiple things offensively. Uh, Bam has an opportunity in this series to have an impact in a more traditional way than that Boston series because of the pick and roll. If Jokic is going to be in the drop, that pocket's going to be there. If that pocket is there, that's going to force help. So now if you're able to get Bam going and pick and roll, you're able to force help and now kick out of it and play out of that, I think that's very important. Secondarily, even moving past Bam, Denver in a drop is fantastic. You love to see the miss coverages. Think about Miami's journey. Like Everyone wants to use the undrafted label, but those guys are taking and making tough shots. Look at what they did oh to Milwaukee God. and Brooke Lopez. Oh, you're back there? Automatic pull-up. If it's not a pull-up, I'm going to do two dribbles, go to a pocket pass. Now, Duncan Robinson's a playmaker. Max Struess is a playmaker. Kyle Lowry is a playmaker. If Miami's able to get those automatics where, okay, we know you're in a drop, one, two, dribble, pull up. Now, are you going to react? Now we have Bam on the roll. We're hurting your help. They can kind of get to Denver in that way. So I'm intrigued how well
0: they are able to attack Denver. Yeah, even if Jokic wants to drop back against Jimmy, you can't do that against Struess. You can't do that against Robinson. You can't really do it against Hero if Hero plays. And I think Hero... I've, I've already said I think the Heat really have not missed Hero at all but the higher level of competition you get even if you even if you marginalize his role a little bit because you haven't really needed him to get here you you could use him to swing a quarter of a game with just a flurry of oh you're dropping back I'm going to rain some fire over you make five in a row hey suddenly we won this quarter that's won the game hey it's a 2-2 series um But you, so he can't drop back against those guys. And so you'll see a lot of two man game just with those guys. But to me, for them, for Miami to score enough, they have like their Jimmy offense and their everybody else orbiting Bam offense. And I think they're going to need to have both of those things operating on the same possession a lot. And so when I close my eyes, one of the things I see against drop coverage is. Jimmy Bam pick and roll, Jokic is back in a drop. Bam doesn't roll, Bam stays popped out and you kind of lure Jokic deep into the paint, kick it back to Bam knowing here comes Duncan Robinson or Struce around a handoff and all of a sudden Jokic has to get from the paint to the arc and then back again and I think putting him on that yo-yo is a is a big weapon that they're going to have to maximize. Does that make any sense?
2: No, it makes a ton of sense. I think it is it is the one way you can consistently get to him. Mixing in your actions is great because I was going to talk about just purely how does Jokic respond to these shooters flying off screens, flying off handoffs. So if you're able to make Jokic do multiple things, we saw that, I think, what was it, last year against the Warriors, where, okay, he's at the level. He drops back and waits. Now a shooter's flying off. He has to get back to the level. That is where he's in trouble. And the more Miami can tap into that, the more those shooters can fly off and get him to react. Again, that's why I think the movement's going to be important because even against the Lakers, the Wolves, when they went drop, it was static. If Miami can
0: tap into those multiple actions and make Jokic react, I think they get what they want. What are you looking for? The, another thing we're obviously going to see is much like with Derek White, we're going to see Jimmy go at Jamal Murray, try to get Jamal Murray switched on to him. And beat Jamal Murray up a little bit. I mean, everybody does that against the Nuggets because it's sort of the it's the sort of low hanging fruit of like, all right, when the game slows down, what can we do? And you saw in that Boston series, like, first of all, Derek White's an elite defender. Jamal Murray's just okay. I think he's pretty good. He's tough. Like Jamal Murray, I think, has become an underrated defender, but he's not Derek White. And Derek White had his issues, particularly the middle of the series with Jimmy. But we saw even in that series, like, even for a player as great as Jimmy Butler. Over and over and over again, playing that way is just really, really hard work, especially when you're going to have a lot of responsibility on the other end of the floor. But I'm curious, how often do you think we see that? And what's the key for Denver? You know, we saw Boston kind of alternate between, all right, we're just going to leave Jimmy alone. Oh, oh, oh that didn't work. We, we, just lost game, we just lost a huge lead in game two because Jimmy went bananas over everybody. Okay, now we're going to send help and the Heat are experts at spacing the floor, cutting around Jimmy in ways that confuse your help scheme and get them open threes. So what's the right answer for Denver when assuming Miami goes that route? Well, I
2: I imagine they will go to it. I don't know how early they will, but we're gonna see it. Um, I think my mind goes to Denver probably switches to start and shows help and sees how that goes. Now, how long they stick with that, who knows? But they may switch, show help, maybe not show a double. They did do the same thing to LeBron. The tricky part, I think, for Denver, and I guess I'll ask you this question. How many Denver Nuggets do you feel confident can guard Jimmy Butler?
0: It's a it's a great question, and it's the same question we had about LeBron in the in the last round, because that I think much more so in this series, um kind of infected the whole discussion of where can we move Jokic if we don't want him on Anthony Davis? Cause if you're using your best LeBron guy and Anthony Davis, someone else has to guard LeBron. So I think it's just, I don't think they have as nearly an urgent, and it wasn't even urgent then of a need to move Jokic around like that. I and mean, Jokic is probably fine guarding Bam the whole series if they want to. Um, and like we said, they don't have another great place to put him anyway. Um, so Aaron Gordon will be the primary guy. I'm sure. Um, Bruce Brown, I feel pretty good about. Um, and then I think we'll see Jeff Green. And I, I don't love that because Jimmy's awesome. I think we'll see Christian Brown, assuming he gets back in the rotation. And, and I don't love that because he's a rookie and Jimmy's going to sneer at him and make mean faces at him. And it's probably pretty intimidating. Uh, it's got to be really intimidating when the game is really slow and you're defending someone in space and you see Jimmy point to your guy and be like, come up. and No, no, not you. I want him. Come come up to me. It's like, oh, me? Like, this is nice. And uh, KCP to, to me is the interesting test case, right? Because he's a rugged defender. We saw them put him on LeBron here and there. But he's just lighter than Jimmy. And so that's the one. They'll play with that. And I'm interested to see, like, if he can hold up against Jimmy, that changes the series. I just don't know if he can. What's your Answer your own question. Well, I like KCP's activity. Aaron Gordon obviously is going
2: to. Uh, I think Bruce Brown could unless Jimmy's able to get to his spots. Like, I worry about that with the strength and being able to turn the corner and post up. And also, I, I tie it back to just the, the comfort level Jimmy had cycling through Milwaukee's matchup. The comfort level that Jimmy had early in the Boston series cycling through all those matchups. Denver can't give him that same comfort because then that's something Miami can just go to. Like, hey, Jimmy, you just go screen, attack Jamal Murray. Bruce Brown's in. Attack Bruce Brown. Attack KCP. If it gets to that element plus the pick and roll plus the movement, that's where I think Miami gets really tricky. Um, So that's where Denver has to focus and make sure, okay, if we're switching, help has to be unloaded. we got to be ready to recover. Uh, We've got to try and make it as tough as we can on him and, and not let him dictate the series to us.
0: You see a lot of um, commentary, and you saw it a lot during the Boston series, of, well, why are they just giving the switch? Why are they switching? Why don't they fight harder to not switch? Why don't they go under? Why don't they hedge and recover? And I think some of that commentary is fair, and teams should try that, try all of those things a little bit more. But I also think all of that is 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 a little harder than people think it is, and that the offensive players involved, particularly the screener, have a role in making that a little tricky. Can you maybe explain um, to people, who, as someone who lived in the game at a professional level, like why that is?
2: Well, I mean, the, the tricky part is the easiest thing to do if we're switching is just switch. Just call the switch. That way there's no slips. There's no, hey, I thought you were switching. I was back. You you remove that from the equation. I think that there are different ways with different screeners. You can flip the angle of a screen. So, you know, if you're thinking, okay, we're going to send them this way, or I'm going to slide under, or I'm going to send them to the left. If I flip the angle real quick, the help is on the wrong side. Now I get downhill. If you go under, that's fantastic. But guess what? We can just turn right back around and set a rescreen. You are done, and your person is back. So the help is back. So now we've got what we wanted either way. Um, quick swings like i just think there's multiple ways to just kind of punish it. and again you're doing it on the fly as a coach you want to simplify it you don't want to maybe think okay if this guy's here then you got to do this no i want you to go play so we're going to switch we have confidence in you as a defender and if it's a defender we don't have confidence in hey our help is there that's what the scheme is for we got your back send them left or if you're in the post hey someone's coming we might double that's the kind of thing it's it's very hard to live in that complete black or white type. Okay, we're doing this every single time. We're going to show and recover. You know what I mean? It's just easy. It's easier.
0: It's easier. And it's one thing if you, you've you got someone setting a screen for anyone who's not Steph and Dame, you know, 35 feet from the hoop. Yeah, just go under that. But Jimmy and Bam are the masters of this, like, weird angle, pick and roll, 18 feet from the rim on the sideline. And if you go under that, it's a makeable jumper for Jimmy easily. If if you go under and Bam just just kind of hits you and 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 he's probably moving a little bit, but they're not going to call it every time. And he's going to kind of roll you downhill a little bit. Well, suddenly you're held up, and Jimmy's going to beat you to the spot underneath the screen and just plow through you because you're going to be at a bad angle, not prepared, feet not set. He's going to get a layup out of it. It's just. I think the offense has more agency in in making the everything but switching stuff, anything but switching, making it harder to do, which is one of the reasons why you're just going to see like the Nuggets are going to give that switch up a lot and help out of it. And that's a, a key battleground. The other guy we didn't mention at all in our who can guard Jimmy thing is Michael Porter Jr. And that's a matchup that Jimmy has liked. He's liked going at it. And he's just light, kind of blowing past him. And I don't really, we'll see that one too, I guess, right? Yes,
2: I I imagine he'll like he'll he'll look for the opportunity to put pressure on Michael Porter Porter Junior. on the ball. If not, get in the paint, draw foul. We know Jimmy loves to plant, shot fake, turn around, go to his hook. Um, So how key can Michael Porter keep the ball in front? Like it's different. Like Michael Porter Junior. has improved as a defender. I've really respected the work he's done on the weak side. Now he's gonna have to hold up one on one, especially
0: when I anticipate the times we'll see it third quarter, fourth quarter. That's gonna be an interesting battle. When you say empty corner, what do you mean? Because I, I, bet, I bet a lot of people listening to this are like, empty corner. What does that mean? No one's in the corner. Well, why is that? Why does that matter? So when you see the heat, the Heat running empty corner actions, tell tell me tell us why that's important. Alright, so if you're there,
2: close your eyes, right side of the floor, imagine you have Jimmy Butler on the wing, you have Bam Adebayo, let's, let's put Max Struce in it, they'll go with a double pick and roll. The right corner is empty. Why is that important? Because in pick and roll defense, if that corner's filled, there's a defender there, that defender's responsibility is to help on the roll late. If that corner is empty, there is no one there
0: to help late. And so that's read, that's help on Bam. Bam rolls. To yes. the, Jimmy's going dribbling from the right wing toward the middle. Bam rolls. That becomes the weak side corner. And it's my job to crash in on Bam, who's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And if
2: there's no one there and Bam is rolling and Jokic gets engaged with Jimmy, that turns into two on the ball. You have a late roll opportunity. Bam's open. That's the kind of stuff Miami can do.
0: What other little tricks of the trade are you looking for from Miami just to, to unlock really whatever whatever you want against whatever coverage you want to talk about? What are some little Miami wrinkles we should look for? Uh, I would keep an eye
2: on, honestly, watch Kyle Lowry's screens if he's involved with Jimmy Butler. He's very good at flipping the angle on his screens, so I'd be aware of that. I, I think it's it's less little wrinkles and more... How do they get to the way they want to get to? Like, how do they get to Duncan Robinson, Bam, out Bam Adebayo, two-man game, against Jokic? How do they get Max Struess involved? What kind of handoffs are they looking for? Um, I would say pay attention to, again, the cutting. The cutting, when they're spaced, how they're spaced, even if there's a pick and roll going on, look for the weak side flares, look for the spacing. Um, and I think to your point of why Jokic can't guard multiple people, Caleb Martin moves. <laughs> like he moves gonna, and he makes every shot <laughs> they're just going to put him in action so it's not as simple as hey you just stand there and guard that person in the corner no 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 they play through BAM a lot dribble handoffs are good to go I want to see if they go to Jimmy screening for BAM in this series honestly it's something they tapped into a little bit in the Boston series but that's another way you can get Jokic on the move and having to do something different hey let's, let's go inverted let's have BAM be the ball handler let's try and make Jokic navigate that way
0: I think Jimmy's screening could be a big deal in this series, both for Bam, but even more so, I think for for Miami shooters. For in the same way they use Bam to screen for the shooters, because Jimmy is a quote unquote, although he hasn't been in these playoffs, he's a non-shooter in terms of how you cover him around the three-point arc. And they're they're at the Heat are at their best when like every inch of the court is activated, and they just ring everything they can get from every spot on the court at the same time this is going on over here this is going on over here shot clock we don't care about going into the last five seconds of the shot clock we'll wring every bit out of this and part of that is like when the ball starts moving and Jimmy gets it on the move and he becomes the handoff guy that's a powerful thing that you don't see them turn to that much but I just think I mean Milwaukee Giannis got injured Milwaukee's a great team. They were clearly just not... I mean, Miami just took them out of it. Knicks are okay. I think Denver... You you could convince me Boston is a better team than Denver. I think Denver is the best team in terms of how they are currently playing and how together and connected they are that Miami has faced so far in the playoffs. and And they're deadly at home court. And I just think the Heat need to be really on point all the time and and leave almost no stone unturned to score enough points against these guys oh no i would agree i would agree for one if you go back
2: and, and denver's transition like denver's defense holding up is important because now they get out and run and if they're getting out and running at home it's huge so i mean miami's going to turn the ball over a whole lot of what we're talking about does not matter if they lose a the turnover battle in, in a disgusting or gross way then denver's going to run and it's going to be a tough session I think for me, it's just how decisive can Miami be? Because while they have this movement, while they have Jimmy, they have Bam, they have the shooting, Vincent, Struess, Lowry, Martin, all playing well. They have to make sure they have a clear plan. They still have these possessions where, hey, we throw it to Bam. We have screens on both sides. We have some cuts. No one's open. Here, Jimmy, you take it. I don't want it. Here, Gabe, you take it. Okay, let's run pick and roll. There's five seconds left. They can't have those in this series. Like they, Whatever they do, they got to be decisive, quit decisions, play with tempo, control the pace that way. To your Jimmy Butler is a screener point, I think on ball is going to be important. That's a way they can reverse engineer some of these switches. It's the fun trend in the league. I think off ball screens are going to be fun. In my head, I picture Aaron Gordon ready for this matchup. But if you go back to the Boston series, Miami was able to flip Grant Williams a couple times where he was like, I'm denying you're not catching. And then it's like, oh, here's Duncan Robinson cutting back door off a screen from Jimmy. Good luck. (laughs) So can they tap into it that way? Especially if Jokic is going to be guarding Bam, Bam's passing Billy at the top of the key. There's some things they can tap into. Yeah, they they
0: had Boston confused in in a way that you don't see. I mean, the Celtics had bouts of kind of hazy defense all throughout the season and especially in the playoffs, but – Even Game 6, which ended up being the Derek White game, I mean, Miami almost won that game, obviously down the stretch with Jimmy just manufacturing points and free throws. But the whole first half of that game was, the only reason the Heat are even in it is because the Celtics are screwing up coverages against Heat shooters and cutters all over the floor, screwing up switches, miscommunicating, literally walking away, two guys walking away from the ball because they're confused about who's supposed to be doing what that's not easy to do and that's what you have to admire about the heat man they just i I know you just said these possessions where it it kind of stalls out and it's bam holding the ball thinking about what comes next but something does come next like they just keep on playing and there's just something to like five smart players who keep on playing like at some point in within 24 seconds, you got at least a, a chance of something cracking open. You got to admire their commitment because you've been in it. it. It's like it's discouraging when for 19 seconds nothing works and it's easier to just be like, all right, nothing worked. We'll try again next time. Like to just keep pounding it is is admirable. It is very. And while I brought those possessions, my favorite part about
2: Miami is they'll do that for maybe 15, 16 seconds. And all of a sudden they find an opening and now that ball is popping and swinging. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What just happened? How, how did y'all yeah, go? Yeah. They come that? to life. You're right. They
0: come to, they come to life in a way that it's like, all right, this possession doesn't seem to be worth. Oh, they just passed five times in four seconds. What the hell just happened?
2: And that's, that's going to be fun to see how Denver navigates that. Um, and and if Miami can hit those buttons, like a big part is not just the, the shot making it's, Getting to drive and kick. It's being able to beat closeouts and force more help and open up another shot for someone else. And they play with such a togetherness and a belief, you know? No matter what kind of possession it is, they play with a the belief. They play with an the aggression. They have to keep that in this series.
0: It's, you know, I I picked Nuggets in six. Um, That's a competitive series. It's the longest series Denver has had in this playoffs is six. And only one of them went, went six. And... Because I just, I, as I said to Tim, I just think the Heat are going to find a way to scrounge a couple of games. They're scroungers. They're just going to be like scrounging, clawing, getting loose balls, diving on the floor. And you're going to look up and it's going to be a, a a a coin toss game three times with 20 seconds left. You're like, How the hell did this happen? Because they're just really good. And that's the irony of like you mentioned at the top, people being not excited about the series. And I, if, if there are people who aren't excited about the series, who aren't, you know, high-level TV executives who aren't excited about it for different reasons. Um, Part of it is because I think there's this idea that, oh, what a Denver must really be breathing a sigh of relief. They didn't get Boston. They didn't get Milwaukee. They didn't get Philly. You know, they're watching that Celtics comeback thinking, oh my God, we're going to have to deal with Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart hounding Jamal Murray and we won't have home court. Phew. Instead, we got the heat. And the irony of that is all of these teams... That the Nuggets are allegedly fortunate enough to have avoided the Heat beat them all. Like you're you're saying <laughs> they're lucky to beat the team that beat the other teams that they would have been worse off facing. Like the Heat beat those teams. That didn't just happen by magic. The Heat went out and beat them four times in seven games. There's there's a certain like dissonance in the whole. Well, they're lucky they're facing Miami instead of these other teams. I know Miami just beat those teams, but you know, I Miami's good, man. They're good. Like this is a real thing.
2: No, I, I agree one hundred percent. I think it's it's very difficult, and I think the fun part of this Miami team, especially when you think about this series, is they've had different guys step up in different moments, and they're able to adapt to a different series. So we saw Kevin Love contribute. For a whole lot of time, and when it caught time in Boston, okay, Kevin Love, you got to come sit next to me for a second. We got to
0: move that way. I think he comes back this series. I agree. I don't know if Uh, he's. I I don't know if they start him. I I I went through with Tim all the reasons why it might be an idea that you have and maybe even do starting him over Caleb Martin. I just keep coming back to. Caleb Martin's got to play 40 minutes. He's, he's too good. And you, you can't play 40 minutes if you don't start. It's just like almost not possible. So I I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I've heard different things. I'm sure they're considering different things. The easy thing to do is, all right, it's game one. Let's start with the starting five that mostly got us here and put Kevin back in the starting five. Maybe they'll do that. But I just think at some point you got to get to Jimmy, Caleb, Bam, have just got to be out there for the majority of every game. No, I agree. I I get the idea of love. I just don't, I
2: I'm torn between liking the idea of Jokic having to guard Kevin Love spaced, and the things you can do to manipulate where Jokic is since he wants to help and put him on the perimeter. I also balance that with that means Kevin Love may have to guard Nikola Jokic, and while Kevin Love has done his job, that that's a that's a lot of volume and things that Jokic can do. Did I, you I
0: make? Did you make picks? Do you make a? Did you have you made an official prediction yet? Uh, I said Heat and six. Heat and six. I
2: said Heat and six.
0: I haven't looked at our <laughs> expert pre- predictions. I don't know if anybody on ESPN. I'm sure there's one or two that picked Heat and six. Sell me on it. I guess uh, you have been selling me on it. I guess you've been you've been like okay. So I had you on to talk about this half of the series. Sell me on they can limit Denver's offense enough to win four games in a row. Because that's that's what I keep getting stuck on when I pick Nuggets in six. I just don't know what answers. I mean, they have Bam and Jimmy and that's and, and the best coaching staff in the league, so those are all answers. I, I just don't see any great answers, but sell me on it. Well, the big part is if,
2: if you paid attention to that Lakers series, if you get Denver close to what I like to call the mud, it can get interesting. I think there's no better team in the league to get you to not do what you want to do well than the Miami Heat. It doesn't take too many games to put you in that position. I think Miami likely focuses in on trying to make it as hard as possible for Jamal Murray to do what he's done. I think Jokic, they're gonna have to live with everything that he brings to the table. But I think well, that's, that's usually die then. <laughs> i think if they can make it very tough on jamal murray if they take care of the ball if jimmy is decisive bam can open things up and pick and roll they're able to move the ball and attack denver's closeouts and rotations i think they give themselves a very good chance now all that being said there's a very slim margin for error there are multiple things that take this immediately off the table if Jokic is absolutely incredible and jamal murray is very tough if miami is turning the ball over extremely tough if we get to the place where it's not can Miami make shots. It's can Miami generate shots. It's very tough. But I think with the level they're playing in, coming off of that Boston series of what they did, the confidence they have, a little bit of house money feel,
0: just win one in Denver. Just win one in Denver. One, two, or five. Look, they just won three in Boston. <laughs> I mean, everybody beats Boston at home in the playoffs, but they did win three in Boston, and they you know they win game one of every series on the road. So make things tough on Jamal Murray. How are you doing that? Who's guarding Jamal Murray for you to start the series? And when you say make things tough, what what does that mean?
2: Uh, I think it's well. It's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting how they do it because if Bam's going to be tangled up with Jokic, that's going to take a big piece away. But I think they have the size and length and defenders to potentially throw them off. They can navigate. I think the way that they show early help is important. Um, the way they load up. Some of the isolation plays won't be there. Now the tricky part is, again, Denver moves too much. so They may not be able to load up like they did against Jalen Brunson, but I think they can battle him there. I think pick and roll. They can work to show bodies in the paint and try and just keep him out of rhythm, try and keep him out of the paint, make him take pull-ups, contest. I think just the, the overall activity, because they could throw Jimmy at him. It could be Caleb Martin. They could throw Gabe Benson at him if they want. I, I just think they have pieces plus team defense that could make it interesting.
0: I think they'll probably start with Vincent, assuming Vincent's ankle is good to go um, on him. But I agree, we'll see doses of Jimmy, doses of everybody else. Let me, let me ask you this. Now I'm dragging you into a totally different podcast than you, than you agreed to do, <laughs> so congratulations on that. Sorry. Um, can they play zone in this series? They can. I, I think <laughs> anyone can I, do anything. They can
2: play f- four guys if they want. I, I think it's the impact is limited. I'll put it that way. With Boston, it was a great curveball. Like, hey, anytime you get in rhythm, we have this zone in the back pocket. We can figure it out. With Denver, they've got to be way more selective. Non Jokic minutes, go for it. That Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green led second unit, go
0: for it. But, better win the Better win those minutes. I mean, that goes <laughs> to, for every team. But like Dave, they won those minutes against Minnesota. I think they won them against Phoenix too. They lost them against the Lakers again. Um, got to win them, obviously. Uh,
2: so I think that's a good opportunity. I think after timeouts is a good opportunity. Spo likes to throw that wrinkle, like, hey, nice play you got there. Here's zone. But don't show it to Jokic
0: more than maybe twice in a row. D- d- just don't that's do That's a good point. You don't have to do the thing where you run zone. You're like, now we're just playing zone for eight minutes. and. I mean, how hard is that to do, to go two possessions playing this way, two possessions playing that way, five possessions playing, maybe seven possessions playing man-to-man, and like, okay, zone now. Like, how hard is that to do?
2: It's, it's not easy, but, I mean, you have teams who will go, go hey, off a of made basket, we're going back to zone, or do you see coaches calling it out on the sideline? I think for Miami, it's, it's easier than for most teams, just because of, A, the amount of zone they play, and B, the type of zone they play, where it's really just, hey, we're matching up, and we're working to stay matched up while we're in the zone and trying to throw you off balance. I just think you can't give Jokic a two-minute block of that to where now it's like, hey man, I'm bringing the ball up now. Or hey, I'm gonna take this matchup over here, or I'm gonna flash to the elbow. I think it just, it opens up a lot if you just try and throw it out like they have during these playoffs.
0: You know, this is not a bad sales job, Steve. (laughs) There we go. I'm I'm picking Nuggets in six. I I would be I would be surprised. There are certain outcomes that surprise you and certain outcomes that don't. If I would be surprised if the Heat win the finals, I wouldn't be like flabbergasted and shocked. I mean, they just again they beat Boston, they beat Milwaukee. I just don't love this matchup for them, and they don't have home court. The rest versus rust thing doesn't really concern me. Kevin Pelton had this great stat that um, teams. I believe it's teams with the layoff of over X amount of days and Denver's over that who start the series at home who have game one at home are like eight and one in the finals. So I don't really believe the Rust thing is, is gonna be a problem, although if Miami wins, everyone will be like Rust, Rust, Rust. Um, I think I would still be surprised if if the, the Heat win the series, but it's it's you've made a good case. You've made a good case. And look, I picked nuggets in six and I like, I'm picking nuggets sweep, so hell, maybe we'll get a nice long series here.
2: Hey, all I want to do is make people think. Just open a door, make you think about something. We I, we could be sitting here and Miami loses game one by
0: twenty, and everyone's calling me a bozo. Who knows? That's just. I like- mean, I guess I guess if you're going to pick the Heat, six is the what is the number to do it? Although they did, did just win seven on the road in Boston after as heartbreaking a loss as you could possibly suffer, really, um, in the Derek White tip game, but. Denver at home is a different animal. Boston just at home just stinks in the playoffs. I don't know what. I just don't know what it is about. The Leprechauns have fallen asleep at the wheel. You know what it is. You know why they stink at home? Because they are the only team whose mascot is just a guy in a costume. (laughs) Like you just, he's just a guy walking around. You see his face. There's no costume. It's just like a guy in a vest with shamrocks on it and a little hat. And that's lucky. The Leprechaun. He's just a dude. (laughs) <laughs> I think that I think that's hurting their home court advantage. I think that there's an analytics study that needs to be done. Give them a real mascot for the next playoff run, and I think their home record will be better.
2: Okay, I'm going I'm to track that. Now, if they, if they come out with. Some sort of shamrock
0: next year. Lucky makes me actually uncomfortable when I walk by, <laughs> when I walk by Benny the Bull or Stuff the Magic Dragon in Orlando or Bernie the Human Flame or whatever he's supposed to be in Miami. I'm like, oh, look at this big fluffy guy. It makes me happy. Like a oh, big fluffy Benny the Bull. He's gonna sh- gorge on popcorn and have a little popcorn orgy in the stands. He's gonna p- p- ruffle my hair when I walk by Lucky. I'm like, oh, what are, what are you? <laughs> what are you? Are you? A, are you? What is there a fan on the court? Oh, you're lucky. Okay, I don't know. It just makes me makes me nervous. now we get uh, what's his name, Rocky the Mountain Lion in Denver against Bernie the. I don't. What is Bernie supposed to? Can you can you picture Bernie in your head? He's like a a big orange thing with a basketball as a nose and like orange hair. I think he might be supposed to be like a kind of half candle, half Muppet. I don't know what he's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be like a fireball. Ber- His name is Bernie. That makes sense.
2: Now I'm reeking. Rocky's the goat.
0: Rock, Rocky has Rocky's done some things in this league, let me tell you. There's a lot of untold stories about Rocky floating around floating around the NBA universe. Uh, all right, Steve Jones, have you guys done your finals preview yet? I've been traveling all day, and I'm, I'm a little behind. Have you done a finals preview yet on the dunker spot? Has JJ roped you into any homework? Uh, we did our finals preview episode is out. Uh, it's out so for cool. the world, and uh, it, I, that will. I'm going. I told Tim because I'm gonna be cautious about the altitude day one. I'm gonna go to the hotel gym. I'm just gonna do an old man walk on the treadmill, and I'll queue up the dunker spot to teach me what's gonna happen in the finals while I do my old man. Don't don't tempt the altitude gods too too uh, haughtily on day one. Seriously, people, if you want to know what actually happened in the basketball game. And you don't just want to yell about who's clutch and who's not clutch and who has the dog in them and who has a cat in them or something instead of a dog. Steve Jones 20 on Twitter will tell you here's the actual thing that happened in the game and why it worked and why it didn't work. I, I so appreciate you spending some time teaching me and teaching everyone else. Uh, and a must follow, a must listen. Congrats on your success. Congrats on getting into the JJ orbit. Congrats on everything and thank you for the work that you do. No worries. Thank you for having me.